Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Okay, I hope you're having a good week. I know I am. I've got a lot happening here. So I'm recording this on Monday and it's going to drop on Wednesday, the 25th of October, 2023. So there's a lot coming up. I'm basically, I'm off to New Zealand on Saturday. So if you're in New Zealand and you would like to see me next week, I will be appearing at Queenstown Story Fest on the 30th of October at 3.30pm and I'll be at the Frankton Public Library. If you go and check out their website, they've got all the details and you can book in there. Then on the 1st of November, I'm going to be doing a book signing at the Telling Tales Bookshop in Christchurch, New Zealand at 4pm after school. Um, So come by, I'll probably tell a few stories and uh, sign things for people and answer any questions. And then the following day, I'm going to be doing a big theatre show. I'm going to be doing the live podcast show on the 2nd of November at 6pm, so it's a little bit later, at the Pump House Theatre in Auckland. So it'd be great if you could come to that. There's still heaps of tickets left over. You can go to their website or you can use the the link that should be in the show notes or just check out my website, raspratt.com. All the details are there too. So it'd be great if you're in uh, Queenstown, Christchurch or Auckland, New Zealand, if you could come to one of those events. All right. So for other people, there's the live Christmas shows coming up in Brisbane, Melbourne and Sydney. Brisbane sold out now, but there's still plenty of tickets for Sydney and Melbourne. Um, so that's coming up. And then I'm not sure what's going on. Oh, yeah. The other thing is the, the publication date for Friday Barnes 12 has just been settled. So that book is going to come out in March 2024, which is the big 10th anniversary book. Okay, so I think that's all my news. So let's now get into it because I want to tell you a story. I've had a lot of fun writing this one today. We're going to do another Greek myth. Uh, My daughter gave me this idea, the one that Vanessa's based on. Um, So let's get into it. It's a Nanny Piggins one, and I'm going to be doing the story of Hades and Persephone as told by Nanny Piggins. Here we go. Baby ducks! Baby ducks! cried Boris as he burst into the house. Baby ducks! What about baby ducks? asked Nanny Piggins. We aren't under attack, are we? You should never underestimate a bird. They can be very vindictive, particularly magpies if you walk under their nests, or cassowaries if you beat them in an interpretive dance competition. No, I just saw some, said Boris. The first baby ducks of the spring were down by the river, and they were so cute. Of course, baby ducks are cute every year, but you forget in the 11 months in between just how cute they are, until you see them waddling after their mother, all in a line, and your heart just melts right out of your chest, and you find yourself weeping tears of joy just for being alive in such a marvellous world. Boris, you're weeping again, Nanny Piggins pointed out. I know, 
so happy, spluttered Boris. Well, there's nothing for it, said Nanny Piggins. If there are baby ducks down by the river, we shall just have to go down and admire them. Obviously, we'll need a picnic so we aren't overcome by hunger while we're admiring them, so I'd better start baking. But Nanny Piggins, said Derek, we've got school today. It's Wednesday. School? Again, said Nanny Piggins. Didn't you go yesterday? Yeah, and the day before that, said Michael. Isn't that enough, asked Nanny Piggins. Well, they like for us to go five days in a row, said Samantha. Barbaric, said Nanny Piggins. What on earth for? What are they planning to teach you? How to slip into a coma from boredom? Well, we've got a maths lesson first thing this morning, said Samantha. Then you'd be much better off going down to the river to see the baby ducks, said Nanny Piggins. Because we'll count the baby ducks, and that is numeracy. And numeracy is important. I'd hate for your education to suffer because you didn't have enough numeracy. Clearly, it would be irresponsible of me, as a childcare worker, to do anything other than pull you out of school immediately and go straight down to the river for the good of your education. So you better wait here while I pack a picnic. Nanny Piggins rushed away. OK, so who taught Nanny Piggins the word numeracy, asked Derek. I did, said Michael. It worked out well, didn't it? And so, 20 minutes later, Nanny Piggins, Boris and the children were all sitting on a park bench by the river, eating their cake sandwiches. Nanny Piggins knew that you were meant to serve sandwiches on a picnic, but she personally preferred cake, so she made her sandwiches out of cake. A slice of chocolate cake served between two more slices of chocolate cake, and they were quite delicious. Three times better than one slice of cake, and a trillion times better than a regular sandwich. They were just munching away, watching the baby ducks and their parents busily swimming about near the bank. Nanny Piggins had wanted to feed the ducks. She was a great believer in sharing, and her cake sandwich was seriously good. But the children insisted that cake was not good for ducks. This made her weep a little, which set Boris off again. But the ducklings were gorgeous, and it was impossible to remain unhappy. "'You know, children,' said Nanny Piggins, "'I've dined with Maharajas, danced on a float at Carnivale, "'and accidentally blasted myself into space in a space shuttle. "'But nothing beats this. "'Sitting in the warm sun, eating cake sandwiches, "'and watching baby ducks.' "'Spring is so beautiful,' said Samantha. "'You're welcome,' said Nanny Piggins. "'What?' asked Samantha. "'I said you're welcome,' said Nanny Piggins. "'You were saying how lovely spring is, and I said, "'You're welcome.' Nanny Piggins, are you trying to imply that you are in some way responsible for the beauty of spring, the season that comes every year after winter but before summer? asked Derek. Well, yes, of course, said Nanny Piggins. Spring is so marvellous and so beautiful. Who did you think invented it? Obviously, something this glorious had to be invented by a Piggins. Someone from your family invented spring, marvelled Michael. Yes, they didn't set out to do it, said Nanny Piggins. But when you're impossibly glamorous and talented, you sometimes inadvertently create world-changing phenomena. It's a burden we Pigginses have had to endure for centuries. You're going to have to tell us the whole story, said Derek. Nanny Piggins checked her watch. Well, we do have five hours until we have to pretend that you've just got home from school, so that's plenty of time to tell the tale. It all began thousands of years ago in the ancient Greek story days. Oh, when all those naughty Greek gods were in charge, asked Samantha. Yes, although this story starts off with a nice Greek god. She was, in fact, a distant relative of mine. You're related to a god, asked Michael. Why does that surprise you? You've tried my cake, said Nanny Piggins. It's heavenly, isn't it? Well, yeah, Michael assured her. Anyway, my distant aunt was called Demeter. 
Demeter Piggins, and she was the goddess of nature. Oh, that does sound nice, said Samantha. It was. Demeter was in charge of all sorts of lovely things, making sure the flowers bloom, that the fruit ripens, that crops grow. And baby ducks, asked Boris. Was she in charge of baby ducks? Yes, indeed, said Nanny Piggins. Thanks to her, there was no shortage of baby ducks, baby swans, baby deer, baby goats, all the wonderful baby things frolicking about the earth. But there was one problem. Demeter had a daughter. How is that a problem, asked Samantha. Being a daughter herself, she was a little offended. The problem was, her daughter was stunningly beautiful, said Nanny Piggins. Oh, said Samantha. Exactly, said Nanny Piggins. It never goes well for beautiful girls in the ancient Greek story days, said Michael. No, said Nanny Piggins, because the ancient Greek gods were forever falling in love with them. Not Zeus again, asked Samantha. No, not Zeus, said Nanny Piggins. This time... It was Hades. He saw Persephone Piggins and fell in love at first sight. Hades, said Derek. But isn't Hades the underworld, the place you go after you die? Yes, Hades is the place you went after you died in the ancient Greek story days. But Hades the place was named after Hades the god. Zeus was king of the living world, but Hades was the king of the underworld. You know, that doesn't sound like a very nice job, said Michael. No, agreed Nanny Piggins. It was a terrible job, because people die and go down to the underworld all the time, which means a lot of administrative work for Hades. There were no holidays, no sick leave, and no natural lighting. It was a depressing place to manage. And gods don't get to pivot and change career, so Hades was stuck with it, and he became quite the gloomy Gus. Oh, you mean like father, asked Michael. Oh, no, a thousand times worse than your father, said Nanny Piggins. Your father enjoys being miserable, so in his own way, he's very happy. Hades was not happy at all. No one was ever happy to meet him. No one ever wanted to spend time with him. It wasn't fun at all. That was until one day when he spotted Persephone, the most beautiful girl on earth. Well, how did he spot her if he was down in Hades, asked Michael. I'm not sure, said Nanny Piggins. Perhaps he had a periscope, like on a submarine, and he could stick that up through the Earth's crust if he was curious about what was going on up there. So let's imagine that. So Hades poked his periscope up through the Earth for a look-see, and he spotted Persephone. She was gorgeous. Long flowing hair, pretty dress, excellent tap dancing skills. But best of all, she looked so happy. Her smile was so radiant it was like the sun itself. So of course, Hades instantly fell in love. Oh, that's nice, said Samantha. It's nice so far, agreed Nanny Piggins, but here's the complication. Apart from being miserable, Hades was also terrible at flirting. Really, any type of casual small talk was beyond him, so he found it really hard to meet ladies and ask them out on a date. You can imagine even if the date started off well with him telling a couple of jokes, making them laugh, it wouldn't take long before they asked, and what do you do for a living? And then he'd have to say, I keep dead souls trapped in the underworld for all eternity. And no matter how many breath mints you take or how neatly you iron your shirt, no lady is going to overlook that. So Hades needed dating advice, and he went to the most successful ladies' man he knew, Zeus. Oh, but Zeus was terrible, said Samantha. I know, agreed Nanny Piggins. He was a dreadful rotter, and as it turns out, terrible at relationship advice. 
He told Hades that there was no way that Demeter would let him marry her daughter, so if Hades really loved Persephone, he would just have to kidnap her. But kidnapping is a really serious crime, said Michael. It is, but when you're a god, you're above the law, said Nanny Piggins. Literally, because the gods lived high up on Mount Olympus, so they never let human rules bother them. Zeus even offered to help Hades carry out the plan. It was Zeus's job to create a diversion. He went over to Demeter's house, where she was having a lovely afternoon playing Jenga with Persephone, and he said, Hey, Demeter, I think your forests down on Earth need water. What? said Demeter. My forests are just fine. I know a lot more about irrigation than you. Mind your own business. I'm having mother-daughter time with Persephone. I'll suit yourself, said Zeus, but I definitely saw some droopy leaves when I was last down on Earth frolicking with wood nymphs. Fine! I'll go and check, snapped Demeter. Come on, Persephone. Now, checking on ecosystems is not as exciting as they make it sound in geography class. Demeter didn't want to bore Persephone, so she left her daughter on the bank of a lake and asked the water nymphs there to take care of her while she went off to do her work. Persephone was a friendly girl and she had a lovely time with the nymphs. They sang and danced and picked flowers together. All the beautiful things beautiful women did on beautiful days in the ancient Greek story days. But Zeus had been very tricky. He got Gaia, goddess of Earth, to grow an irresistibly beautiful Narcissus flower a short distance from the lake. Persephone saw the flower. Oh, look at that beautiful bloom. Come on, nymphs, let's go and pick it, said Persephone. I can give it to my mum as a gift when she returns. She loves flowers. Oh, we can't go with you over there, said the water nymphs. We are water nymphs. We have to stay by the water or our bodies lose their strength and waste away. Oh, but it's not far, said Persephone. It'll only take a few seconds. I'll tell you what, I'll go quickly on my own and fetch it. Oh, you must not, said the water nymphs. We promised your mother we would take care of you. Oh, she'll never know, said Persephone. I'll nip over, pick it and be back in a few seconds. Trust me, when she sees that flower, she's going to be so delighted she won't mind. Before they could stop her, Persephone skipped over to the flower. When she got up close, she saw that it truly was beautiful. So she bent over and grabbed the stem and tried to pluck it from the ground. But this Narcissus flower did not come easily. Uh, uh, Gee, you must have a really well-developed root stem, grunted Persephone as she tugged and tugged at the Narcissus flower. Eventually, she summoned all her strength and gave one mighty tug, uh, and the flower was torn out of the ground. Persephone was delighted. She marvelled at the beautiful flower in her hand. But then she noticed that the hole where she'd pulled the flower from was crumbling away. The tiny hole was getting bigger and bigger. Soon it wasn't just dust crumbling away. Soon big chunks of earth and then boulders started to tumble down into the ever-growing hole. Persephone scrambled back to get away, but the hole was growing rapidly now, and from the depths she could hear the sound of horses, their feet pounding against the stone, their breath snorting in their nostrils. Persephone tried to run back, but she tripped and lay sprawled on the ground, when suddenly a huge chariot burst out of the now cavernous hole, and a great big man was at the reins. He was handsome and muscly, and he had some super stylish robes on, but he was also the most miserable-looking man Persephone had ever seen. Who are you? asked Persephone. I am Hades, declared Hades. I thought Hades was a place, said Persephone. I'm also a person. Who is me? said Hades. I'm super important, you know. 
right, said Persephone. Anyway, I, I don't have time for small talk, said Hades. I've come to kidnap you. But I don't want to be kidnapped, said Persephone. Oh, said Hades. Stop the chit-chat and just kidnap her already, boomed a voice from Mount Olympus. Was that Zeus? asked Persephone. Yes, and you can't ignore a direct order from Zeus, said Hades. Sorry about this. He scooped Persephone up in his chariot and they galloped back down through the hole into the underworld. Ah, poor Persephone, said Samantha. Yes, she was not impressed, said Nanny Piggins. Worst first date ever. Hades felt really bad about it too. He truly loved Persephone and he wanted to make her happy. But she missed the world dreadfully. But this soon gave Hades an idea. He knew Persephone loved nature up on Earth, so he built for her the most beautiful garden imaginable down in Hades for her to enjoy. When Persephone saw the garden, she was overwhelmed. It was so beautiful. She realised that Hades really did love her. Even his brooding, grumpy ways were growing on her. And she fell in love with him, asked Samantha. Not quite, said Nanny Piggins. She wasn't that much of a pushover. The garden was nice, but it was only a garden. Hades was growing more and more in love with Persephone every day. He wanted to give her the most wonderful gift on earth, something even better than a garden. A baby duck, asked Boris. Something even better than a baby duck, said Nanny Piggins. It'd have to be pretty good to be better than a baby duck, said Boris. It was, said Nanny Piggins. Hades made Persephone a cake. Nice, said Michael. Yes, he even invented his own recipe. You see, they had lots of pomegranates growing down in Hades, so he made Persephone a pomegranate cake. As soon as Persephone had her first bite, she fell in love. With Hades, asked Samantha. Well, she fell in love with the cake first. It was really delicious. But then Hades for baking it, said Nanny Piggins. It was so good she ate six slices in a row. Wow, impressive, said Derek. It was a tremendously good cake, said Nanny Piggins. She would have gone back for seventies, except at that moment, her mother burst down into the underworld. How dare you kidnap my daughter, she bellowed. Oh, I'm sorry, said Hades, but she's just so lovely. That's no excuse, said Demeter. Give her back. But we're in love, said Hades. We are actually, Mum, said Persephone. Kapow! Suddenly, in a flash of lightning, Zeus appeared. You're going to have to return Persephone, said Zeus. But it's you who told me to kidnap her, complained Hades. I knew it, said Demeter, whacking Zeus across the back of the head with her handbag. Yes, but you see, you've really upset Demeter. Well, you upset mothers all the time, said Hades. Yes, but Demeter is in charge of nature, said Zeus. I didn't realise how important that was. Zeus didn't realise how important nature was, asked Derek. Well, you've got to understand, when you spend your whole time kidnapping ladies and having hand-to-hand combat with massive, monstrous typhons, it's easy to miss the details. She's been so sad since you kidnapped Persephone, continues Zeus, that up in the world all the plants have stopped growing, all the flowers have stopped blooming, and all the ducks have stopped having little baby ducks. (gasps) Not the baby ducks, gasped Hades, but they're so cute. Persephone's just going to have to come back, said Zeus. But she can't, said Hades. Why not, said Demeter. Because I just made Persephone a pomegranate cake, said Hades. And she ate six slices. Now Demeter and Zeus gasped. (gasps) Well, why is that such a big deal, asked Persephone. Because once you eat food in the afterlife, you can't return to the world, said Demeter. Hold on, said Zeus. There's a loophole. How many slices did she eat? Six, said Hades. All right, said Zeus. 
We can make this work. Since Persephone only ate six slices, she only needs to stay in the underworld for six months of the year. The other six months, she can return to the world to be with her mum, but only for six months before she has to return to Hades, the place and the person, again, year after year. Demeter and Hades glowered at each other. Neither of them wanted to give up Persephone, but they could see that this was a fair arrangement. But what about Persephone? Didn't she get a say? asked Derek. She did, said Nanny Piggins. She did miss her mother and wanted to be able to visit her, but her mother also irritated her a little bit, so six months at a time was more than enough. So the arrangement suited her well. And that is how we get the seasons. Spring and summer are when Persephone visits her mother. Demeter is happy and the plants flourish, the flowers bloom, and the baby ducks play in the rivers. Then, in autumn and winter, Persephone returns to her husband in the underworld, and the flowers die back, the plants lose their leaves, and the animals hibernate, waiting for the cycle to begin again. The end. Ah, that was a nice story for a Greek myth, said Samantha. Yes, agreed Nanny Piggins. I did leave out some of the meaner bits where Demeter in a vengeful rage turned all the water nymphs into spiteful sirens and chased Zeus around Mount Olympus with a rolling pin. But aside from the water nymphs being permanently cursed, that story did work out pretty well. Because we do now have winter. But if it weren't for the cold seasons, when nature dies back, spring would not seem so wonderful. Because of the baby ducks, said Boris. So cute. Indeed, said Nanny Piggins. The end. Time for bed. Well, there you go. That's the story for this week. Okay, so I'm not sure what I'm going to do next week when I'm in New Zealand, how I'm going to make time to record an episode, but I will. It might be that I do a Friday Barnes chapter just to cut myself some slack. Um, But then I will be recording a live episode when I'm in Auckland, and that might be, I'm not sure yet, I haven't decided, it might be Aladdin or it might be a follow-up to this story, I might do the story of uh, Orpheus and Eurydice, we'll see. Anyway, so that's what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. All right, so as I said at the beginning, any details about what I'm up to or where you can see me live, just check out my website, raspratt.com. That's it for now. Until next time, goodbye. <music>